0: Everybody. Welcome back to the rubber Grounds Podcast with Kyle from Stall Agronomy and we're going to talk about organic growth. Um, yeah, organic growth and a lot of you are going to go what? organic growth and, and by organic growth um, this is a business term uh, not a not a farming term so this isn't necessarily um, meaning that I want you to go organic crops. Um, this is actually something to do with growing your business and um, And really the easiest definition, um, and I I pulled this up on Wikipedia or whatever, Uh, organic growth is typically marked by an increase in output, greater efficiency and speed with production, higher revenue and improved cash flow is critical for the success of a company. Essentially, organic growth is increasing your outputs um, by changing internal processes. Okay, yeah, big fancy term. Really, the, the boil down for us, Uh, in agriculture or agronomy would mean that basically what we're doing is we're looking at what we're doing and and we change practices to make sure that you know we're getting the biggest return on our investment by um by growing our production by just changing our practices or or what we do Um, so the big hot button thing right now um, if if you go on Twitter, Ag Talk, uh, anywhere, everybody's really looking to try to increase production. You know, we're we're in some not somewhat darker financial times in agronomy or agriculture, and we're we're looking at any way we can increase our bottom line. Um, the the first thing that people seem to gravitate towards are products, uh, products or fertilizers or anything that um, that's advertised basically on cornwares or hefties or. Um, any of those shows and there's a a very renewed interest in, in micro, um, micro (laughs) micronutrients. It's early in the morning. Um, so there's a huge, uh, surge for putting on micros and, uh, and understanding micros. And yeah, I would say that I'm trying to understand them as well where we're trying to wonder about processes and within the plant and, yeah, we're looking at everything. Um, literally, the other day, I saw somebody talking about molybdenum, um, one of the lowest needed micronutrients in corn production and soybean production, and people are really talking about how this is going to increase yields. Um, so, the biggest thing we always have to go back to is the stave barrel approach, right? We, everybody's seen this. Um, it's basically the lowest stave on the barrels where you're 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 basically you're losing your most water or yield. So. You know, it could be MPK, it could be sulfur, it could be calcium, it could even be magnesium. Uh, not around here, but um, there are certain parts of the country that deal with that. And molybdenum very rarely is that lowest stave on the barrel. Um, in other cases, I mean, zinc, copper, um, there's so many of these things that could be that lowest stave on the barrel. But very rarely is that going to be our problem. Um you know the the first thing we really want to focus on is p and k um ph is another thing that's very important um you know we we really i think seem to forget about p and k um ph is not quite as important as people want to think um you know we we start getting over 6 and guys really get nervous or under 6 or around 6 guys start getting really nervous um unless you're really in drought prone soils and, and you've got soybeans, um, six is not bad for corn, uh, six to 6.4. You're, you're still in decent shape. Um, is this is going to be your limiting factor. I, I don't know. Uh, do you have a soil test? And that, that's the other thing. Um, recently there has been, I would say a push towards people that don't want a soil test. And I mean, we could blame it on the equip program, um, a number of things in Wisconsin, especially, um, it used to be basically you would get soil sampling and user management plans for practically nothing. And now we've gone to where you have to pay for it, and there's a whole power struggle there. So the first thing I always ask somebody when they when they want to do micronutrients, and we, we talk about micros, and I say, well, what's your P and K levels? You know, what's your pH, CCs? Well, let's talk about that stuff first. And guys are like, well, I don't have soil test. Um, or... Here's my soil test, and they're from 2012. And I'm like, okay, well, this is eight years old. You know, how am I supposed to know what happened in the last eight years? And, you know, I'm saying, well, your P levels was kind of low in 2012. Maybe we should focus on uh, taking a look at that. But they're like, well, what do you you mean? Micros aren't going to help me. I'm like, well, they might not. So how do you know that? And I'm like, well, we don't really know because you know, we have no soil tests or, you know, you know, we would look at your soil test and your most current soil tests actually show P or K or low or whatever it is. And guys are like, well, so you have no proof that micros will help me like, all right, we, we need to focus on the macro nutrients before we start working on micros. But, um, if you want to play in micronutrients, that's fine. Um, do it and be, be intelligent about it. Understand, some micronutrients you can't pick up in soil testing. Um, some micronutrients aren't quite as reliable when we start talking about tissue sampling. Um, some micronutrients, if you apply too much of one, it might out- off balance another. So you gotta have to be kind of careful. there. There's different things that happen in interactions with these micronutrients, and uh, some of you can't blend with chemicals and, um, well, in certain forms or ETD or ETDA. Uh, chelated forms are the best way to go. Maybe maybe soil apply is the best way to go, maybe in furrow is the best way to go. There's there's numbers and numbers of possibilities of what you can do and what you should do. Um, but should I go out and spend 50 bucks an acre on micronutrients when I have other issues, right? We were so we're talking about organic growth. So organic growth is looking at the processes that we are doing, you know, everything we're doing, tillage, um, our chemical program, you know, um, I don't know, what are we doing for um, control traffic and fall? We, we do have tons of compaction out there. There could be a number of things that are con- currently wrong that maybe we should work on. Maybe uh, our opening discs on our planner are like only touching for half an inch instead of the two inches they should be, or you know, I mean, there's there's so many things that we could be working on that are easy. These are the organic bushels, the easy bushels to get. Um, to me, that's the biggest struggle, and that's what my main focus usually is, is working on those those tough-to-get bushels or easy-to-get bushels. We were always looking for um, the easy way out, you know, the easy button. And, and to some people, it seems like the easy button is, I'll put something on my crop. Um or I'll uh, put fungicide on or um, I'm going to put micros on. This is what the corn warrior guys do. So I was watching the 360 yield center thing. And, and Greg Souter was talking about um, Dave Hula grew 1197 Pioneer. He's like, oh, he got 616 bushels. He's like, I got 300 and something. Same hybrid. Um, I have better ground than he does. And, you know, just naming all the differences. And he's like, but at the same time, you know, he can get rid of water. I can't get rid of water as fast as he can because he's got sand ground and he's got irrigation and he can get the exact perfect amount of rainfall. And, you know, that's there's so many things that are variables in our farm that when you pay attention to what somebody did on Corn Warriors or on Ag PhD or you listen to, to Ken Ferry or any of these people that, that are very intelligent people and very knowledgeable in their area. Um, they they know how to grow crops where they're at and and where we're at is and can be very different from them. You have to kind of take what they show and, and and try to turn it into something that's practical for your farm. The other side of that factor is David Hill put on like 500 pounds of nitrogen on his crop. Um, and this isn't a main up number. This is based on, um, not exactly hearsay, but kind of hearsay. Um, you know, he put on too fast as a fungicide. Um, there's so many management things that he did that we don't normally do here. So, does that correlate to what we can do? You know, and I think the easiest way for us to gain yield and to get um, our maximum return on, on our investment. So, we're businessmen. If you're a farmer, you're you're a small business owner. Um, potentially, you could be a large business owner, but. <clears throat> you're you're in, in a business, and and the easiest way for you to increase profits is to focus on the little things that you can change within your operation to gain you bushels. So that would be making sure your planter is working correctly, uh, making sure your tillage is done correctly if you're doing tillage, um, making sure you're getting compaction out, or you're understanding where your compaction is and, and managing it as best you can. Uh, if you're making sure you're getting decent weed control um, making sure you're selecting hybrids and varieties and putting them on the right ground, making sure you're, you're planning the population you should be planting on that ground with that hybrid, um, making sure that your nitrogen program is working correctly, make sure you're not losing nitrogen, making sure that in the middle of the season, when you go out to do a second pass of nitrogen, that you're putting on what the plant needs and not necessarily what the plan calls for. Um, you know, if you see gray leaf spots or if we start seeing tar spot come in, is there a potential that you should be putting on a fungicide? Um, there's, there's any number of things you could be working on management-wise. Um, I think the first thing to do is go through your tillage, go through your planner, make sure everything's working correctly. Um, when you're planting, the first day is literally the worst day and should be the slowest day. You shouldn't be planting 200 acres in the first day. You should probably be doing about 30 or 40. And you should be getting out several times, making sure everything's working correctly. And you still should be getting out and checking things uh throughout the growing season planting season. Um there's there's so many things you need to be focusing on first uh before you start going out and and trying to do different things. The other thing is so first off, work on equipment, get everything right. The second thing is work on a budget. Um, understand what your costs are, understand what um what something costs you and, and put in the potential yield. And and you should be really sitting down and and knowing where, where things are at any given point in the season. You know, for us, it's very important for us in our marketing plan to understand what our input costs are. So we spend a lot of time working on our input costs and, and understanding where they are and saying, well, if we get an average of this yield and at the current price, you know, what are we making? Um, You know, or, at an average yield and um, our costs, what is our cost per bushel to grow corn on average? And then we can adjust it throughout the growing season. I mean, it's it's really hard for me to fathom. At the end of the year, you take all your expenses and then you take your income and you take it to your accountant, and your accountant tells you you made or lost money, and then you either A, need to not spend money until after the first or spend money before the first it's it's really hard for me to understand how that i mean worrying all year about am i going to make money um you could i've had guys that made really good money spent the entire season not knowing what happened you know they they're like oh you know i just got to sell the highest price and and that's the thing that that i think a lot of guys struggle with with marketing plans is we, we were like oh we have to sell for the highest price No, you don't have to. You want to look at, like, an average price. You want to be good, but you don't have to be great. You don't have to hit the home run every time. You know, the the best baseball players in history aren't always the home run hitters. They're they're the guys that play for 20 years and they hit, they bat over 300. Those guys are awesome. Um, You know, everybody remembers the home run hitters, but, I mean, the most storied people in in Major League Baseball are some of the best hitters. Um, Anyway, so... I mean we're not looking for home runs but at the same time you know it's so much stress i think that people don't necessarily need you know i think there's a lot of ways that you could sit down and have software or, or even a spreadsheet that you can basically come up with that just you can put stuff in throughout the year and understand where you're at um but anyway we're supposed to be talking about organic growth i'm getting off on another one of my favorite topics but Anyway, we just need to focus on um, understanding our production and and trying to grow, do what's important to our, our bottom line. And, you know, I, I mean, the easiest bushels to get out there, I always tell everybody, the easiest bushels to get are the ones where we just make a single management tweak. Uh, we do one thing differently or you know, we have a planner issue and we catch it and we fix it and, and move on or, you know, we, we spend the time to go through our equipment and, and we find things and fix them before they become huge problems or we have issues or we're planting and we're planting too deep or too shallow or, you know, heaven forbid something else really terrible happens. But, you know, there's so many of those little things that we need to get right before we can start talking about soil test levels. And then that's the next thing we talk about. Soil tests, you know, and then we figure out what our our plan should be there. And then once we get, I would say, the most economic bushel we can get at our current production levels, then we can start working about micronutrients and, and these foliar nutrition that, you know, the biologicals and stuff like that. You know, when we're trying to, you know, there's some of these products that claim to make phosphorus more available in your soil. So you don't have to apply as much phosphorus. I mean, there's so many of these products that you can buy, and and so many things out there trying to throw you marketing things, and they're always seven to ten dollars an acre, and they're going to get you a three to five bushel. Um, I mean, that's always the marketing terms, and they won in this university trial from Kentucky, and this one from Ohio, and this one from Pennsylvania, and this one from North Dakota, and you're like, where's the Wisconsin, Illinois, and Iowa data, and you never see it, so. Pay attention to that stuff, Um, but anyway, micronutrients, organic growth. We just want to make sure that I want my my clients. I I really want to make sure that they're doing the right thing first before we start worrying about that stuff. Um, I have a few guys that are there, and they're playing with micronutrients and we're trying to understand how they work and what we can do and what timing we should be going at, and and then the the time or the way we're going to deliver it into the plants and these things are all important, uh, but at the same time, there's a lot of people that aren't quite there and you're going to spend 10, 20 bucks an acre on micronutrients and, and it's not going to do you anything. And you can have took that and put it towards phosphorus or potassium and build up your soil levels. There, there's so many things we could do, um, but just be intelligent, you know, make sure you're making the correct decisions. Um, don't pay attention to these. I mean, it, there's so many people this year that are just so intrigued by um, these high yield guys, and they're they're paying money to to take these classes, and they're take, paying money um, to go to meetings and and try to glean any kind of information they can get from these guys to get their yield level or levels. There's honestly some of this isn't attainable, and and I think the best advice you can get from these guys is look at what they're doing. They're taking. All this stuff, and they're doing on-farm testing at their farm. The biggest thing I think I struggle with is nobody wants to do on-farm testing. So we're going to go out and spend all this money because somebody on a TV show told us we should. Test it on your farm. Um, I think every, every year somebody should have a hybrid plot. You should understand what the different hybrids in your farm do and, and compare them all to each other right next to each other in the same spot. Um, am I saying plant a, a 200 foot long plot? No, you should probably plant like half of a field, but you really should spend the time. You, you, your most valuable time might be taking a morning and putting in a plot or putting in a side by side. Um, I was talking to our, our FS rep the other day, our, our retail rep, and we were talking about beans and I said, well, we got this one farm. Um, I know it's really bad with white mold. Even though we plant on 30 inch rows, we were both talking to them and, and we're, we still get white mold. Uh, we've reduced the po- planting population. We can't get control. I said, let's talk about doing a two-pass fungicide program on this. And, you know, we his eyes kind of lit up. And he's like, all right, yeah, let's do that. And I said, but I want to do just a trial. Let's do, you know, a 90-foot strip here, a 90-foot strip here, a 90-foot strip there. You know, let's strip it across the field and see what happens. And the pushback was, geez, that's going to be expensive because we figured how much it was going to be like 30 bucks an acre for two passes. And he's just like, oh, geez, you know, that's going to be just, I said, we're going to do um, maybe 10 acres and 10 acres at 30 bucks to know if it works. I'm going to spend $300 and next year I know if I have to pull the trigger that it's going to work or it's not going to work. I think $300 is a pretty cheap investment to know. Uh, on our farm, what the stuff's going to do. So I put up and I said, well, that's fine. If, if that's too expensive for you to understand, as long as I get the data and I, uh, and FS gets the data, they'll pay for application, which he agreed to. And I said, I'll pay for the chemical. And I said, well, we'll together pay for the $300 to get the data. And, um, that's plenty agreeable, but not everybody's going to have that situation. But I think, it's very important to to look at it as an investment in the future of your farm. The, these little things, you know, I mean, all right, my biggest pet peeve at, at farm level, um, now that I'm somewhat of a farmer, well, I'm not going to totally call myself a farmer, but one of my biggest pet peeves is uh, we go to the parts store and we come back with a, a $300 piece of something, um, not a piece, not a part we needed. Um, we come back with a, a case H refrigerator. Or we come back with a John Deere, uh, God knows what. Um, we get talked into that stuff all the time. I mean, there are there are things that you know we purchase or anybody else purchases that that show up in the shop that cost just as much as it would cost us to run a test plot, <laughs> and it's just like <clears throat> that kind of oh, it's always interesting. We're not getting an off totally off topic here, but there's so many things that we could do. You know, we we spend hours <clears throat> talking about a plot and, and whether it's not, it's worth it. And then we'll go out and we buy a brand new um, side-by-side um, four-wheeler and we don't really, you know, think too much about it. You know, we, we need it, we got it, we want it, we bought it. Um, not saying that that's wrong, but I'm saying we spend so much time Um, mulling over these little things that we could do to maybe potentially help our farm. Yep, totally off topic. So we're going to end it before I start running off totally off topic. Um, Yeah, organic growth and um, micronutrients. I I think a lot of people should really, it's just a matter of sitting down, going through things and try to understand what you're doing. Um, I mean, a lot of stuff could really benefit you. And I think a lot of people aren't doing it. Um, everybody always wants to set themselves apart from their neighbors. And I think understanding your input costs, understanding your return on your investment, uh, understanding soil tests and, and spending the time to do testing on farm, uh, all that would benefit you greatly and give you a competitive advantage against anybody else um, that was out there. So you'll know if, uh, if that land rent that they're going to, they're wanting to pay to take the land away from you or, or if you know, your input costs are worth it. So anyway, I'll catch you guys next time. And, uh, I don't know, always looking for topics. I seem to always come up with these at like six in the morning, looking at Twitter, run up to the office and record it for everybody else wakes up. So hopefully I'll catch you guys next time.